Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, VA fam, it's Mandra here. Thank you so much for continuing to rock with us. I know that it's been a different kind of show these past few weeks as we're giving our beloved Tiffany the time that she needs to heal. Thank you again for your continued support. I have to say though, this episode has been, I guess, seven years in the making. Tanya Rapley is the millennial money expert and creator of the award-winning site, My Fab Finance. And for those of you who may not know, you're going to find out on today's show some OG financial finfluencer history when it comes to Tanya, Tiffany, and a group called the Frugal Fab Five. I didn't even know of this story, but Tanya joins the show today, not just to catch up on what she's been up to the past seven years since launching her business back in 2014, but also how she was able to finally hit her first million dollar year of business. Yes. I was so inspired by my conversation with Tanya, especially when we started talking about a subject that I really hadn't anticipated, real estate. You know, as an entrepreneur, I sort of assumed that as soon as I launched my own business, getting a traditional mortgage was just something that was either going to be a huge, massive headache or even just be not possible for me. But Tanya is proving that even though she runs her own business, and by the way, her husband is also self-employed, they are launching the very beginnings of what will soon become, I'm sure, based on Tanya and how she's always killing the game a mini real estate empire. They just purchased their first investment property in Atlanta, and Tanya's gonna tell us all about it, like how they got a loan using something called hard money. Like, what is that? Tanya really lays it all out for us today, and I hope that you guys feel inspired and also learn a little bit about the alternative ways to invest in real estate and even the fact that it may feel like it's out of reach, but there really are some good tools and products out there that can help you launch your own venture into real estate. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Tanya Rapley of My Fab Finance. I am so I'm shocked and excited today. I'm shocked that it has been this long and we've never had Tanya Rapley on the show. But today I am so excited because we are finally making it happen. Hello, Miss Tanya. Hey, yeah, I think the last time you reached out, I was like in the throes of like morning sickness. It was like, this ain't gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad you chose yourself in that instance. Yeah. <laughs> But for those of you who do not know Miss Tanya, Tanya of My Fab Finance, personal finance educator, badass entrepreneur, 
yes, she's a mom, but that's not it. A a newbie real estate entrepreneur as well, because we're never going to stop adding things to the after our names, apparently, (laughs) just keep going. But I am so excited to talk to you because I mean, y'all we have I, I Tiffany and I both but I have known Tanya since 2000. And we all met at FinCon, I feel like for the first time in person 2014, 13, 14. And it was when my fab finance was just kind of getting kicked off. When did you start all of that? Yeah, so you know, I knew to I think I know Tiffany a little longer than I've known you because I met Tiffany early on in my journey. She was one of my early mentors. Um, but my fab finance started in January of 2013. My goal was to get a 730 credit score by the time a 700 credit score by the time I turned 30 years old and I wanted free clothes from Macy's. Those were my ambitions (laughs) when I started it in 2013. And here we are in 2022 with, uh, a multi-million dollar business and other things that have been offshoots of that. So it's it's been a journey, but we met, yeah, FinCon, I think Black Enterprise is about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. When I saw that cover, you got the cover of Black Enterprise, right? Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. no joke and just slaying ever since. But listen, I mean, one of the things that we talk about on Brown Ambition is it really is about the journey. Everyone who is tuning into the show today is just kind of hearing I don't know, it's definitely, I don't want to call it the epilogue, but we are like two thirds, I mean, you're always a work in progress, right? But we're pretty far in the Tanya journey, right? I mean, and this is the, this is the, you're seeing all the fruits of all those seeds that you have been planting for the past eight, seven, eight, you know, years now. So let's back up a little bit. How do you get to be a multi-million dollar? And by the way, congratulations, because I know you're multi-millions over times, but this was your first million dollar year in 2021 in a single yeah. year that is yeah. extraordinary from Thank something you. that you built that you created you know what I mean it still feels I mean I felt it right like I, I was doing that work like I yes. felt it but it still feels <laughs> surreal and I I think that when Black Enterprise happened, so Black Enterprise happened in 2014 I left my job in 2015 to do this full-time and there's been so many, I'm, I'm really thankful. There's been so many remarkable things that have happened along the way. And I remember everybody's like, this is your time. This is your time. This is your time. This is your time. And I just feel like our time is, as long as we want to hold it, as long as we're willing to work for it, as long as it's, you know, it's supposed to be. Um, so I still feel like I, I don't know, Mandy. Like, I feel like I haven't even hit my prime yet. I feel like. I feel the same way. Yeah, We're allowed to I say that. Like, um, this is I'm just really the thankful. beginning. I'm really thankful, but I feel like I haven't even hit my prime. It's scary to think that too. I mean, well, scary in one way. It's like the scary excitement. I told my husband at the beginning of this year, um, you know, I had some, I, and I'm a newbie. I'm a baby. I'm kind of like where you, Tiff, and everyone else were seven, eight years ago. I'm a baby entrepreneur now. But I told my husband, I was like, I have no idea what 2022 is going to look like, but I'm already excited for the like the opportunities that I know are going to I just feel it. You know what I mean? I just feel like this is not it. Um, I've got so much room to grow. And I don't know how I feel like what you're expressing right now is similar to that. It's like the excitement of possibility. And Mm -hmm. knowing every day is like preparing for that next that next exciting email to hit your inbox, you know, those you opportunities. Know, and yes. And, you know, my, um, <laughs> one of my managers used to say, 
I've seen people's life change with the email. And it's so mm-hmm. true. Like your life can literally change for the better with one email. But then also like we got to put some respect on your name, Mandy. Like, yes, you're a baby entrepreneur, but you've still been <laughs> doing this and you have such a strong network. And I think that when you have that strong network of people you can call on, people you can ask questions who have been there, who have made the mistakes that I don't consider you a baby. You might be a toddler. Like you, you're, yeah. you're not in the infant stage, maybe a toddler because you learned from so many of our mistakes and you did it your way. So we got to put some respect on Mandy's Thank name. You. Because you know, that reminds was- me that I just did see you in Atlanta not that long ago. And I feel like we had a very similar moment where I was like trying to downplay where I'm at. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> let me remind you, you who's who my friend Mandy is. We, we um, ain't gonna let you do it. We not. We not. So <laughs> uh, I love seeing you in Atlanta. And, and you just recently moved to Atlanta, right? With your family? In 2020. So yeah, we moved to yeah. Atlanta in the middle of the pandemic, bought our house without seeing it, um, which was actually Wild. a really good choice. It's been a really, really good home for us. And so mm-hmm. um, we're in, we were in California prior to moving to Atlanta, but I'm from the South. Um, housing prices were just ridiculous in California. And, mm-hmm. I, and for me, the beauty of being location independent, the beauty of becoming financially secure so you can choose what's in your best interest is that I wanted to raise my son around my family. Like I didn't have the liberty of that because my mother and father were in the military. And so for me, it was really important for my parents to be in driving distance. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm taking my son to my parents' house on Wednesday. And for oh, him to oh, be able man. to have I'm that so jealous. Yeah, I know. And they, girl, they bought a house in Florida, you know. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Florida uh, on Wednesday <laughs> to pop in on my parents' check on them and take my son so he could spend some time with them. But yeah. it's a beautiful blessing to be closer to them, as well as Atlanta has so many opportunities. Um, this is this is where the imp- enterprise is going to be built. So I'm yeah. excited. I can't believe you bought your house sight unseen. All right. So a million dollar year. Let's get into it. What does that look like for you? Was that something that you know, at this point in your business, you are, and I'm understanding too, a lot of the, you know, the checks that you're cashing, you know, in advance that they're coming, like you sign a deal. And of course, it takes a while for those, those cash, those checks to hit your bank account. As we know, direct deposit likes to take its time. (laughs) Um, But but, withdrawals are immediate. (laughs) Oh, yes. I was telling Chris last week on Popcorn Finance when he was here, I was like, let me tell you how quickly the IRS came for my deposit for my withdrawal when I made my tax payment. And yet, my refund check will probably take two months, but man, anyway. listen, I was just saying, I had to amend my taxes and they like, I amended my taxes, I think in June and I still have, they still have not processed the amendment, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but you want to tell me about everything else, but you haven't processed like my amendment and like the taxes yes. are paid off and everything. Okay. All yes. right. They, All they right. will snatch your money quick. immediately, very quick. quick. But let's talk about that. Did you have an idea it was going to be a million dollar year or was this a goal of yours? Like, when did you realize this is going to be it? Like we're going to have I set the intention. Um, I set the intention in February of last year at my friend Maya Elias's Impact Weekend Conference. And she had this thing where it was like road to a million. And I was like, Tanya, why do you keep telling yourself that you can't make a million in a year? Why, why have you like counted this out of your story? Mm-hmm. You can do this. And so that weekend I committed to like, okay, this is going to be my first million dollar year. And um, I think it really hit me that it was going to be my first million dollar year um, around June when I signed my biggest brand partnership to date. Um, It was almost half a million dollars. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the year. Um, And then August, I was sitting there and I was like, I think at like 700 and something thousand dollars. And I was like, oh. 
this is going to be the million dollar year. Like if I made $700,000 by uh, in eight months, I, I can make $300,000, 300,000 more by the end yeah. of this year. So it, um, we, we passed that. We hit 1.2, which is it, you know, I think it's a culmination of everything. It's a culmination of me having the right team in place. It was a culmination of me having the right relationships in place. Um, mm-hmm. It was a combination of me having the work ethic in place. Um, and all those things combined, I think, led to, and the willingness and the belief that it was possible. I think it was all those things that um, led to making it possible and that will lead to future million dollar years. So I'm really slow to ease, ease into my years. I kind of feel like I have like a new year hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, just like last year, I didn't set my goals until February this year. Like, okay. I'm like, all right, this year we want to do um, 1.5 to 2 million. Um, so the work starts now. Tomorrow's February 1st. For me, the work starts now. So yeah. I give myself, I really like to take December off, ideally. So I'm giving myself um, February to November to make it happen. Oh, I love that. And I also think like whenever, even if you decided, you know, June or September, or October, whenever you decide, like that's the day that matters. These whole like make a resolution just because it's January 1st. Like, come on now. We know dreams I'm can happen anytime. Those. And I don't take I don't take resolutions for granted. I don't take um, like goal setting for granted. I mean, the other day I was thinking about um, how I want to create space for me to go away and think about my goals and like really write them mm-hmm. down and commit them to paper. I don't want to just be oh okay I'm gonna sit here and think about it in my office. I really want to connect to myself and make sure that my goals are soul aligned. That's always what my work has been about is like soul aligned. Um, wealth creation soul s-o-u-l aligned yes s-o-u-l like soul Mm -hmm. like i want to i want it to be aligned with my divine assignment and what i'm here to do so Mm -hmm. uh, i'm going to take some time and we'll iron those things out um in the coming weeks but Mm -hmm. right now you know we're just flowing we're just we're flowing into the year Tell me more about that that weekend or what was it? You said the road to a million Maya Elliott. Impact Tell Weekend, yes. Impact Maya Weekend. Program. Maya, who actually um, is a good friend of all of us. So those who, I don't know, people probably are OGs, but um, early on in my financial journey, and I think Tiffany was about five, six years into her journey, we had this collective called the Frugal Fab Five. It was Tiffany, myself, Marsha Barnes at the Finance Bar, Kara Stevens, a frugal feminista. And at the time, I had a business partner, Tiffany Victoria, for My Fab Finance. And we were the Frugal Fab Five. And we actually like traveled around and did events. We did something at CIAA. Legendary. I forgot about this. This is legendary. <laughs> this is like old finance history, finance OG history. Yeah. And so we um, we did these events together. And Maya actually designed our flyers for our, our our programs that we were doing together, as well as she was our photographer at our event in Charlotte, North Carolina. And so Maya's been a friend of ours for so long and she's pivoted into helping women um, create brands and live with impact and purpose. And so that's ballooned into or blossomed into Impact Weekend and her program, Build Your Impact, um, which does, she's grown to be a multi-million dollar program. And I was at her, I was in support of her program. You know, that's another thing in these relationships. We, I was in support of her. I was there. I went to support her and I walked away with like, okay, all right. Like inspiration <laughs> and it impacted me. But that the weekend, it's actually coming up this weekend here in Atlanta. The week, right now is Feb, like the first weekend in February. And so that's one of the reasons I'm taking my son to my parents' house. It's because he's going to be there so I can go just fully dive in and learn and digest that impact weekend. 
I love, I think that that ties in so nicely to the point you made a minute ago about setting aside the time to think intentionally about what you want and not letting it be something that like, for me, it's a classic, you know, it's the end of the night, it's 10 o'clock, like the baby's asleep and, you know, I'm on the couch watching Thousand Pound Sisters, like maybe I should think about what I want to do next, you know what I mean? But actually create carving out that time and for you and and people can get, I'm sure there'll be people will Google and you should like look up, we'll put a link to, um, to impact, what is it, impact? Sorry, I keep forgetting. Impact Weekend. Impact Weekend um, in Maya's program. And that's wonderful. But whatever that looks like for you, even just doing, you know, renting an Airbnb for a couple of days um, or leaving the kids with a, a sitter or whatever. So you have time to think about what you want um, and being intentional about it and putting that like it almost puts a, like a timer on that. It's it's nice because you carve out the time, but it also gives you like a contained amount of time so that you right. can't just like put it off. You know, you're kind of forced to spend that time and thinking about it. So now is it something that you do on a regular basis or is it the annual, you know, go to Maya's event or how do you do that for yourself kind of throughout the year? So uh, one of the things that I do is as a mom, it's important for me to have me time where I'm only responsible for myself. And yeah. so I do quarterly getaways. And so last year I did my thinking during my quarterly getaway. I think I just did a staycation here in Atlanta. Got a room at the a suite at the W, went and got massages, just that focus on myself that weekend. And then I also rented a tree house here in Atlanta and went to the tree house and had like my meals prepared and everything for my chef here and just holed up in a tree house and did some planning. Um, but at once a quarter, I create space for myself just to think to myself and think in my business to be away so that I don't wear the mom hat. I don't wear the wife hat. I just wear the Tanya hat and what focus on what's most important to Tanya. And if Tanya feels good about how she's moving through the world in her business and in my, my own life. And that's really important to me because I think that we can really get disconnected from ourselves, especially in the social media era. We can take on others' expectations of ours. We can take on pieces of other people's lives that don't even resonate with what we want, but it's what's socially acceptable or socially aspired. And so it's it's just that reconnection moment where I tune everything out. I don't watch TV. Um, I just... No thousand pound sisters for you. Yeah. No, no, no snowfall. <laughs> no, uh, no Abbott Elementary, which I'm like really into right now. No oh. HDTV. None of it. It's just um, me spending time with me. Is that was it in your treehouse when you decided? I think it's time. I think I'm ready to be a real estate entrepreneur. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know the real estate piece is something I've always wanted to do. Always okay. wanted to do, like always been having conversations with people. Enrolled in my friend Julian's multi-family mastermind. Like always wanted to do, but I think that was one of the things I counted myself out of, especially when we bought our house here because we bought a single family home. I was like, well, there goes my FHA, 3.5% down. Now I got to save 20% down on an investment property. Let's just go ahead and do that and pay taxes and all this other stuff and pay a team and pay a nanny and all these other things. And... um I counted myself out and then my current mentor, we were having lunch and we were talking about my million dollar year. She was like, girl, you're going to need some more write-offs. And I was like, I know. <laughs> she was like, you need a property. And I was just like, I don't know if I could do it. She was like, there's ways, there's ways. And lo and behold, um, there are ways, they're ethical. We did a hard money loan um, on, our, on our property. So we we're doing the BRRRR strategy, which is buy, renovate, um, rent, re refinance, and then repeat. So oh, you buy the okay. house, it needs some work. You renovate the house, you rent it out. Once you've renovated it, you go refinance to get the hard money loan off of the property and put a standard conventional mortgage on the property. And then you repeat the process. 
And so that is hard money loan. What oh, is yeah. that? So are we getting into this? Are we getting into, we okay, going to get yes. into it? Because I love these details. Also, I'm quite sure I have an idea of what it is. And I think we used to write about this all the time at Lending Tree. But go ahead. Hard money. Yeah. Loan. So Educate a hard us. money loan is it can come from a private lender, which is an individual who just has a lot of money, or it can come from um, institutions that are set up to support real estate investors because they're quite popular in the real estate community. The hard money loan is going to come with a higher interest rate, but often it's going to be they understand that you are doing renovations. So we contracted our house for two hundred and twenty three thousand dollars. We took a hard money loan for $285,000. So they funded us $60,000, $62,000 to do the renovations. Our loan is for $285,000. But once we renovate the house, we've um, forced appreciation. So the house, the ARV, the comps in the area are about four hundred. So I'm really getting into real estate terms now. So oh, don't the worry. Other gonna, homes I'll let you know selling, when I need you to slow down. Go ahead. Yeah. The I'm other homes it. that are selling in that neighborhood are going for $415,000, $435,000. We paid $285,000. That included our renovation costs. So now we can refinance our home technically for like $300,000 to pay off that hard money loan that we took from the lender. And then now we have, even though we have a mortgage for $300,000, our home is worth $415,000. A hard money lender is going to, they don't look at your credit history. They don't look at your, um, like your debt to income ratio or anything like that. They look at the strength of the asset of the property. So because the property, we bought it at such a low price, and once we finish renovating it, they know that we can get a mortgage for that property because we're actually going to be under-mortgaging that property. And so they lent to us. Now, you definitely want to make sure if you're exploring hard money um, that you do your research, do your get reviews. Our hard money lender, we were connected to them by my real estate mentor who's done several deals with them before. So she knew that they were ethical. There weren't any like crazy points. It wasn't some like back bar, you know, agreement where if we don't pay, they're going to break our legs or anything like that. It was, <laughs> they were really it's an ethical company. Um, they've yeah. been really, they've been a pleasure to work with. And, it, you know, I could do a whole podcast on the process that we've been going through with it. And, you you know, you fund the renovation costs and they reimburse, they reimburse you. So are we paid up front for our contractor to get started? Once we reached a certain point, we contacted the lender said, hey, we're at this point. They came out and looked. You're like, OK, you did this work. They wired us money immediately that day to pay the um, like to repay us for what we paid the contractor. So it's been a great process. A lot of people use it in rena- and, um, real estate. And I think that what keeps a lot of people out of real estate is the assumption that you have to have your 20 percent down. Um, or how am I going to renovate this property and everything? And that's why it's important to like reach out to mentors, join communities, because there are ways. There are ways. And a lot of people are using these ways to get into real estate and to grow their real estate portfolio. It's not people's money. They're using other yeah. people's money. And it's essentially other people's money strategy. Yeah. And it's great to hear you talk about that, too, because, I mean, we purchased a home in 2018. At the time, my husband and I, it was very easy. We're both W-2 workers at the time. And I remember one of the biggest, my, one of my biggest, I mean, it was, it's all fine. But I look back at it and I'm like, dang, I really put a lot of like, of, I don't know, I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to have that 20% because I just wanted to show the bank or whatever, like, we got it, like, we, we like saved up, you know, we are very reliable. And I was proud to put that 20% down. But in, in hindsight, I'm like, dang, why did I put all my cash on the line? And then we did like a renovation after and I'm like, dang, we really could have used that money um, for the HVAC or 
whatever. And I'm like, you know, there are other options and you and and I knew that intellectually, but I just you know how money is emotional. I was emotionally yeah. invested in the idea that I was going to do the right thing. But there are yeah. all these tools there for a reason, right? Low down payment options. You mentioned you did an FHA, three and a yeah, half percent we FHA, down. So we did 3.5 percent down on our single family home. And yeah. actually what I'm going to do is we're refinancing my name off of the single family home property. And I'm going to use my FHA to go get a multifamily um, okay. property. And so um, I'll be getting probably a triplex or a quadplex and using 3.5% down instead of 20% down to secure that um, secure that multifamily property. Now, as a the other point is now I'm now I'm self-employed and I we would love to buy another property, probably in Atlanta. Um, and I don't hey, want to come down. Come I down. Know. <laughs> well, you know, that's my place. That's my town. Yeah. I'm coming down. And please believe me with it. When Stacy wins, I might I might need to be there. Um, um, I might need to be there once the governorship. But anyway, I would love to buy a property down there. And but I don't want to give up our home here in New York. Uh, I don't know. I, I just love it. It's our starter home. I want to rent it out. And I am just at the beginning stages of telling myself that it's possible, even though I feel like the perception is that, oh, you're self-employed, you're not a W-2, it's going to be so hard for you to get approved for a loan. Um, but you're already dispelling that myth for me. So absolutely. <laughs> and I, yeah, um, because actually our single family home that we have now, we, me and my husband are self-employed. Like we bought it, um, self-employed individuals. I've been self-employed since 2015. He's been self-employed since 2000. And like, I think he was off and on, but he was officially self-employed in 2016. And yeah, we did it. Like you just have to have. And the other thing is you don't have to finance it in your name. You can finance it in your business name. And when you finance it in your business name, you can get what's called a no doc loan where it's just like either they want you to have the 20 percent down or you go to a hard money lender and you get something that needs some um, you know, renovations and you don't have to provide a W-2. And that was what I wanted to do because buying a home as a self-employed individual, they definitely ran us. Like mm -hmm. they ran us. They needed <laughs> contracts. They needed bank statements on bank statements on bank statements, but they needed contracts to show that we had other jobs coming in even after we closed on our house. Oh, and wow. I was just like, I don't want to go through that. I want it to be simple. And when we did the hard money loan, literally asked for our operating agreement bank statements to make sure that we had money to um, get the renovation started. And if something was to fall through, that we had money to cover it. Um, our EIN information, and they needed the property, like details about the property and comps in the area. That was it. We had a two week, like it, we closed in two weeks. You're kidding it's, me. Like, Wait. so to think that all <laughs> those years that I thought that I would be hindered by not being a traditional employee to find out that we close quicker using my like my business changed it changed the game for me it changed it and it just shows me what's possible as well yeah. as what people have been doing all this time well honestly i think as black americans we are sold a very different version of the american dream one is that it one that is extremely convenient to the people at the top and holds us back that's our version. Us back, gets us in debt, mm -hmm. has us taking out student loans. Here's y'all's dream. Dream for a nine to five job. Right. Dream for some bootstraps you can pull yourself. You well, know, we create those nine to five. Dream to keep the light bill paid. You know what right. I mean? 
dream right. to to be able to put food on your family's tables and have good American values. And maybe but no, life. real estate investing. No, no, that's for us. You know, like investing in general. That's for you. Don't want a four hundred one k. Nah, hey, grow just, your money. Passive income. Nah, just go ahead. Dream and keep for a, active. Just, dream just, for a cash checking store in every block in a pawn right, shop. Right, and, and then block, and then live you know? off of Social Security when when you're yeah. dead. Like, no. And there you go. That's a good American life. Absolutely. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you know what. I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Security. Securities. Betterment is not a bank. All right, we are back. You're just reminding me of the importance of yes, like you said, networking with one another and with among your peers and being inspired by one another. And I always kind of get you know, especially when, you know, as influencers, you don't want people to feel like, oh, this is the way that I need to do things. And this is, you know, if I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm not self-employed, I don't have a house and I'm not doing things right. But yeah. it's not so much about the mindset when you're kind of like listening to stories like Tanya's or other influencers out there is not necessarily to look at that and compare yourself, but to look at it and let it make, just like level up the dream, you know, like, yeah. and for some people that can be terrifying and their immediate reaction is like to become defensive or like go inward. Do you know what I mean? Cause it's you know, just I, I, so I shocking like, to think. Take your time. Take your time. Like, there are some people who realize their vision at a very early age. I remember I was doing a um, a panel with a guy who was like 21 and was, had already had 17 units. <laughs> and that's his, you know, that works for him. But for some people, that's not your journey. And don't beat yourself up for that not become not being a part of your journey. You know, I, sometimes I think about like how far off ahead would I be if I had started this at an earlier age? But then I also think about like how much life I lived and how many things I enjoyed and how many places I lived because I wasn't tied down to one city. I lived in New York. I lived in LA. I lived in Miami. I've lived places I want to live because I haven't been tied down. And for me now, I don't have any what ifs. I don't live at what ifs because I gave myself time to just feel through it 
and then start to lay like a stronger foundation and put my roots in the ground. Yeah, I love that. So you have you you mentioned your husband who's also self-employed. I would love to know how you guys sort of tackle business decisions as a couple. And are you guys in business together or does he have his own thing? He has his own thing, but we like real estate is something we've done together. We bought the company club Lufa together. And um it's not always harmonious. You know, it's not always harmonious, but it has Whew, highlighted okay. for me um <laughs> like the difference in my work style and also the areas that I can improve upon because I'm very much like it's in my head, go get it. Like y'all should know what I'm thinking. And he's like, no, I need you to create a spreadsheet and explain this and break it down and like give us clearly defined <laughs> roles and everything else. I'm like, oh yeah, that would be helpful to people. And so it really has helped me identify the weaknesses in my work style. Um, but you know, it also is great that he is wonderful at what he does. And it's also nice to have someone who understands what it is to be an entrepreneur. I think that sometimes it could be tricky when you have someone who is not an entrepreneur, they don't necessarily understand everything that comes with it. Uh, Cause it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a marathon. It really is. And some days, you know, you can, you can come off your best year yet and then be sitting there, you know, a week later, like, so what next? Like what next, you know, and be in a low because you're like, I don't know what's next. I spent the entire year focused on this and now I made it happen. And now I feel guilty that I don't have a plan for what's next because I've been so focused on what it was. And it's important to have someone who understands those thought processes because the wrong, the other, you know, another partner would be like, how ungrateful are you? Or, you know, just kind of looking at it as like, how dare you? But an entrepreneur would like, understand like, no, I get it. I get it, but just remind yourself, give yourself some grace in this, you know? So it, it's been really, it's been beautiful. Well, it's nice. Yeah, my husband and I, we talk about real estate, but we are just, it terrifies me. Not terrifies me, but I just know it. it's so much harder when you're working with a partner. Like when you, because I come down to my Zen Den and it's Mandy Money Show. You know what I mean? I just got to know what I'm thinking, just like you've said. And everyone reports to me, me being me, I'm the real one who reports to me. And every once in a while, husband's like, so it's really funny because this is his version of like checking in on me. We'll be in the car going somewhere. And he's like, so like, we're OK, right? Bills are getting paid, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 we're good. Just keep driving. You know what I mean? <laughs> but to, but real estate, yes. I mean, that would definitely be just buying this house was stressful enough. Um, deciding on the location, what kind of home, you know, those though, that's. It's yes, it's got to be challenging as a couple. Well, um, to, I will say that when it comes to buying an investment property, it's a lot less emotional. And so uh, I think that's yeah. where it does differ from a your primary residence, your primary residence, you're going to wake up every day there, like you're thinking about where you're going to put the kids room, where your office is going to be, how am I going to feel waking up? How is it going to be entertaining? <laughs> With a rental property, you're like, do these numbers make sense? Like, yeah. do the numbers make sense? Will it appreciate in that area? Like, is d does it all make sense? And like, if it all makes sense, then the emotions are out of it. And you're just kind of like, this is a practical decision. What needs to be done? You tackle it as a project versus a passion. So I think that it is easier working with a partner when it comes to it, because it's just about like, what makes financial sense and let's make it make financial sense. So what are some of the early lessons you've learned? Having now been a real estate entrepreneur for, I don't know, how many months now? What are some? <laughs> um, and you, you just said that um, you were at the property today. So you're in the midst of renos. Any, yeah, any little nuggets? Yeah. Any surprises? Yeah, we started, we started renos the week of Christmas. 
Um, and they were like literally working the day after Christmas on the property and they're going to be done this week. Um, so it's been a relatively <gasps> quick renovation considering we knocked down some walls. We renovated three bathrooms. We renovated the kitchen. Um, we and we created a short-term unit downstairs. So we bought a split-level home and or the top unit is a 3-2. The bottom is a 2-1. That will be used as an Airbnb or um, housing for traveling nurses. Um, so what I have learned is your contractor, like everyone says like your contractor is essential, but your contractor really is important and be able to have a contractor that you can communicate with and keeps those lines of communication as open is important. Staying on top of it, I don't know if I would have doing this property. Before I did this property, I was open to investing out of state. Now doing this property, I need my my control issues that I have, I need to invest <laughs> in the same state I live in. I need to be in driving distance. Ideally, I need to be 25 minutes from my house. Because even today, I went, went to the house and they had a um, the vanity that I had purchased for um, for downstairs, the Airbnb unit. So it's like this funky blue. They had that up, about to put it in upstairs. I'm like, no, this goes downstairs. Upstairs is going to be a traditional family home. Downstairs is going to be a funky Airbnb. We do not need a blue vanity up here. <laughs> put the, the white vanity, you know, but just little things like that. If I wasn't able to walk in and see what they were doing. Flooring. The flooring I wanted was out of, um, out of stock. She asked me if I would be okay with a lighter floor color. I didn't know lighter meant blonde. So now I walk in and I thought I was going to have light wood and now I have blonde floors and I'm like, hold the countertops, hold the cabinet paint. Like we got to figure out what matches these blonde floors. So I would say like, I do recommend for someone to invest in their backyard. That's what I've learned is that for me, it's important because I'm very particular. Um, so like to understand what your control, your management style is. Are you going to be particular or are you just going to let things go? If you're not the let things go type of person, invest in your backyard or in your city or in your state. If you're kind of like, it, it'll just work out, whatever, then okay, um, out of state works for you. So yeah, the contractor, determining where and how you want to invest. And then three, like really make sure you have a solid mentor or solid friends that you can reach out to that do and understand real estate. When we, we have quite a few friends who are involved in real estate and then I have a real estate mentor. So even when we got our first contracts, even when we were looking at the numbers and wanted to make sure the numbers made sense, we ran it by our friends, we ran it by our mentor. When we were looking at the budget from our general contractor and pricing things out, we knew what to take out and give to another contractor or a subcontractor instead of having our general contractor do it because we could get a better price on it. Our general contractor was gonna charge us like, $10,000 to do our roof. We found someone else who did our roof for $5,000. And someone told us like, hey, that's a lot of money. She was going to charge us $11,000 to paint the exterior. Someone was like, that's a lot of money. Found someone to do our, our exterior paint for $57.50. So if we didn't have someone to run those numbers by, we would have been significantly over budget. But having it, so it was really important to have like those, those relationships, those people that we mm -hmm. could reach out to like, hey, can you just look over this budget for us? really quick and let us know. And even then, there's still going to be stuff. We're yeah. still over budget. <laughs> like, we're still I was still just about to budget. see how's that budget still. by 20,000. That's still funny. When, when we were doing our, our <laughs> we were doing right. our renovation, our contractor, like, anytime we wanted to, we got the counter somewhere else. He was like so offended every time. And I, I, I feel like getting someone with the right attitude of like knowing that you're on a budget and that you may go outside of them for certain yeah. Um, you know, because every time it was too. 
But girl, this okay. ain't your money. <laughs> this is not your money. We had, oh, I've never worked like this before. Really? I don't believe that. I'm sure everybody else is financially conscious, financially mindful. Um, I don't believe yeah. that. So they're going to feel how they feel. It's not your money. I'm glad I'm not Until I pay you, you know? So <laughs> they will. Um, and yeah, we're over budget. <laughs> but I can say that with a smile on my face because we had the money going into it. We had the money in the account to do certain things. And the over budget is actually coming from converting the short-term unit downstairs. If we were not creating a whole separate unit, we would not be over budget. But because we had to install an HVAC system downstairs, which we didn't include in the budget, we didn't think about like, oh, downstairs can't have the same HVAC as upstairs. So like we didn't include an HVAC mm -hmm. unit in that. Um, there were some other things that we thought that like windows... I just didn't realize how much it bothered me that we had old wooden windows in our in the house. Um, so I'm doing complete window replacement for vinyl windows because they previously had wood windows, which had, you know, all the layers of paint over them. Can't even open the window because it's been painted mm -hmm. on so many times. It's like people can't live in Atlanta and not open their windows. They just mm -hmm. they can't. So replacing windows. So some of the things were my like we, we weren't going to tear the cabinets out in our kitchen. Um, once I got in there, saw the water damage. I was like, no, these cabinets got to go. We can't salvage these cabinets. Tore the cabinets out and replacing the cabinets. So it's things like that that sent us over budget. But we know that the Airbnb downstairs on a low month is going to bring in additional $900 on top of what the top unit brings in, which the top unit covers a mortgage. So an additional $900 to an additional $2,500 a month. I'm okay with being $2,500 over because that is going to be repaid by the end of this year. So. My little brother is building a house outside of, not out in Atlanta, East Atlanta. And he oh. is so, yeah, he's so smart. I don't know if y'all should like be friends. I, don't I know. love East Atlanta. Um, yeah, he, and he got the Atlanta of my dreams. Like, you know, cause I was 2010, graduating college, 2009. I was like, gone, get me out of here. Atlanta was not as hot as it is now. But now I'm like, damn, to be young and black in Atlanta, just living the yeah. dream. But anyway, so he, yes, and his, he's building a house and he's building a whole guest house in the back just for Airbnb. And I'm like, the potential, I'm so proud of him. So proud the of The tree house too. I stayed at here, that's what they did. They built a tree house and it was in East Atlanta and they okay. built a tree house and it was, the, it's breathtaking. They have, and Bandy, they have emus running around. It's called an emu they ranch. Wait. They have emus running around this tree house, like the, in East Atlanta. It's it's remarkable what they've done. The potential is endless. Like the next house I get, I do not want to be in a HOA community because if I want to mm. build a tree house in my backyard that I rent out on Airbnb, I don't want you to tell me that's against the community height ordinance. So yeah. your brother's doing it right. <laughs> well, tell me really quickly um, about the search for the house because I know Atlanta and this is not for anyone listening in other cities any big city it just feels like post pandemic that the real estate market was crazy my dad was trying to buy a house outside of Atlanta it took him six months to get something he could afford so what was that process like and any tips for folks who are like researching real estate properties right now and feel like they are like never going to find that sweet spot as far as price yeah, well, yeah, it was it was definitely a seller's market when we bought, but that's the power of having a mentor. My mentor gave me a strategy. She was like, we bought the house off the MLS. We didn't go to a wholesaler. It wasn't, we weren't driving around looking for numbers, but the strategy is there are going to be houses that are beautiful on Zillow and like everybody wants that house. Look for the ugly house on Zillow that's been listed for, that's been on there for like a couple of weeks. 
because nobody's checking for the ugly house. They not even like our house had like five saves, but it had been on, it had been there for like three weeks, only had five saves. So the seller was getting desperate and um, they were kind of like, well, nobody was really checking for the house. And we got a diamond, like we got a diamond in the rough. And then once we went into the, our strategy was really look for the ugly house on Zillow and look for the house that has potential for us to be able to expand and force appreciation. Because that's something to think about. When we think about forced appreciation, forced appreciation means you create, you are able to do renovations that take the home value up so that it gives you almost instant equity. And so mm-hmm. by us turning the bottom level and renovating the house and then turning the bottom level into an Airbnb or short-term rental, now we've added additional like additional value to that home. So we've forced appreciation. So when you find these ugly homes, that's why I used to see those we buy ugly houses signs because yeah. <laughs> the ugly house is undervalued. And once you make that house more beautiful, you like increase the value of that house. So that was our strategy. Look for the ugly house on Zillow and the house has been listed for three weeks or more. Aww, we found an ugly house too. It was the only one we could afford. It made it very easy. <laughs> made it when very we, easy. I mean, and now yeah. like that's the thing when um when like when Kamari is looking, Kamari is my husband's name. So when Kamari is looking at Zillow or looking at stuff or we get listings or whatever, I'm like, how long has it been on the market? It's the first question I ask. If it's been on the market for the like the first week, I'm not gonna call them. I don't, I don't want to smell a little stale. You know, I'm gonna smell a little stale. I, I want something a to be fun. like they're like they're just, <laughs> They're like, yes. this house has been listed for three weeks and we are just looking for a buyer. Anyone, please. Like, that's who I want. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want the, the girl that everybody's asking out. <laughs> that I want you the one. scammy, but you're not scammy. <laughs> not scammy, not scammy. And we, 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 our house, like we bought it from an older woman who um, her husband had passed away. She inherited the house from her aunt and she just couldn't take care of it anymore. Mm. Um, and we, we bought it from her and like she walked away with a check from it. Um, and we walked away with our first property that I, I'm yeah. in love that like how you have an affinity for your first home. Like I have an affinity for my first investment property. Like that's yeah. truly my first baby. Cause I feel like I, I created something beautiful out of something that was a little, you know, she wanted that cute. You got she the bug. I can already feel it. You got, now you see like the makeover, the real estate makeover bug. Um, I'm, I'm blown away every time I walk in. Like even today I was there, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this had ugly wood paneling all around and now it's light and bright and vibrant <laughs> and has modern trim and a charcoal fireplace. Like it's it's the bomb. I can't wait to see the Airbnb photos too. I know you're going to get a good photog. When do you, so how quickly are you looking to flip it? Like so we next? are we are going to flip. We're doing buy and hold. So I am doing buy and hold strategy. Oh, okay. So there are two strategies. There's flipping where you get in force appreciation, resell it, and somebody buys it. And then there's buying and holding. And that's my strategy because I want to build a a, a real estate portfolio because I really want that passive income to cover my my bills. What you um, said, one of the Burr, things that my friend Kendra research. Huh? You said, sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to go back. That's right. You said you were doing Burr, B-R-R. Yeah, Burr. So Burr, so for me, Burr is I repeat the process, but it also means that I'm going to hold the property in my portfolio. Oh, okay. And Ooh, okay. so my friend Kendra, I remember I was having a conversation with her and someone was trying to buy her company um, and we were just talking and she was like, you know, I'm not taking just anything. Like my properties pay my bills. Like this is, I don't, I'm not. And I was just like, oh, what a flex. <laughs> I want my, to pay my bills like and so yeah. that's that's what I'm working on is like having enough passive income through real estate to cover my monthly overhead mm. so I'm just buying what I can buy that's why the next one's going to be a multifamily all right the multifamily that's the one and you said you took a course on that or your friend has like a multifamily um 
Buy, buyer's core or something like that? Yeah, Julian. So they call him Mr. Multifamily, Julian Gordon. Okay. Multifamily Mastermind, Multifamily <laughs> Movement. I think his website's The Freedom School. He has so many different aliases. But so if you look any of those up, you'll find Julian. Um, but Julian, his whole thing is like turning, um, like he has single moms in there. He has single women. He has husband and wives. He has single men in there. And his whole goal is to help a thousand people purchase a multifamily property to help them leverage for um, a larger real estate portfolio. So I think right now he's up to like 274 closings um, in his community, but 274 Black people have purchased multifamily properties in his program so far, which is powerful. Um, (laughs) That is powerful. And even as I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, multifamily. Now that's next level. That's like landlord of multiple tenants, like sounds like a headache. But then I'm just going back. I'm like, who taught me to talk myself out of being a quadruplex? I didn't know that was even a word in the English dictionary, but now I know. The quadruplex (laughs) is not... It is, but you know, you you screen your tenants. You screen your tenants. You get good people in there, and like it's the original house hack. Um, mm-hmm. and my friend Kendra, that's how they that they have a property in D.C. They had a multifamily. They had and they had their tenants paying the mortgage, and they were able to save their money and leverage that to go buy more properties. And so it, and you can use a FHA loan to do it. The FHA will give you up to you, you can buy up to four units with 3.5% down. So if you think about if you try to put 20% down on something that costs $600,000 versus 3.5% down on something that costs $600,000, we're looking at the difference between like $25,000 and $120,000 down. Significant difference. To think that you can get into an income generating asset that is four units for less than $25,000, like why like I when I found out I was like what per ke what what do you mean <laughs> that I could do that like it's really a powerful tool and I I advise anybody who's open to it like please don't talk yourself out of it because I wish I would have done that in New York like I wish when I was living in New York I knew that I could buy a multifamily and only have to put 3.5% down um because I probably would have been a landlord a lot sooner, but also but even three point five percent of a property in New York—that's very different than three point five percent. I mean, it percent. is. <laughs> it's a very different. It but is. Different. I think you're you doing. Know, you move to Canarsie. There's still places where, you know, there's still it's some dangerous. areas in New York. I think East New York is now starting to come around, but there's still some areas in New York where, it you know, it is not as expensive like living in Bedstock. Or like Flatbush. Weren't you just saying stay in Atlanta? No, 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 Tony. You got to stay in Atlanta. Stop talking about New York. Oh, girl, I'm not coming back. I'm I'm not coming. You can't pay me to go back to New York. (laughs) You, I'm Southern. I am not interested in a three bedroom, two bath house. No, okay. (laughs) I was looking at that snowstorm. I was like, eh, no. I'm already going to the grocery store in a fur when it's 27 degrees here. I will. I can't. I'm not built for it anymore, Mandy. Oh, how quickly they turn. That's okay. Well, take care of Atlanta for me. Take care of Atlanta. Take care of my city. Say hi. Um, hopefully, we'll, hopefully, I'll see you soon again in Atlanta. Um, yes. I, I will be definitely be down visiting very soon. Um, yes. Thank You're, you, you so much for- your brother's, your brother's Airbnb. I'm excited for him. I'm excited he, for you. You come in. I feel like y'all you should- come. Yeah. I feel like y'all should link up because he's 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 on mogul. He's on that quiet. He's not as loud as I am about my about my goals, but he's always like quietly becoming a mogul in the background. I'm very proud of him. Um, but can I just say thank you again for joining Brown Ambition? Finally. Oh my gosh. Finally. 
It's been Long such a thrill coming. to have you I hope you on. people got value out of this because we're just friends having a conversation. So I hope I think, people got value out of this. I know I did. That's what I care about. No. <laughs> I feel like for anyone, the message is, you know, and this is especially, it was good for me too, because I do feel like real estate, like I said, is something that I started to kind of just put on the back burner as, an, as a possibility. But thanks for giving me some room to dream a little bit about it. And even if I don't buy a property this year, which I definitely probably won't, um, you know, a couple of years, I'll think about this conversation and maybe even I'll take some steps today, like anyone listening, to start researching what the potential is, what options are out there. It's not like you I have to. You. Yeah. Yeah. Don't count yourself out. I, this Remember yes. I had that, um, I had a housing event in New York City a couple of years ago before I left and you came to the event. I remember I that. Like you, I like you left the event and found, <laughs> and like you were counting yourself out then and left the event and found out that you were actually like, financially ready to buy a house like when you left when you left that like oh i'm actually in a place where like we could buy you know it's just a matter of you coming around to being ready to buy it was mentally but preparing myself yes don't count yourself <laughs> out uh yes yeah of creating more passive income for yourself whatever it is i mean whether it is passive income from real estate i mean as you've shown passive income from leveraging your your brand to to book half million dollar brand partnerships. I mean, can we talk about goals? Like so proud of you. And you're also showing that you can be all these different things at yeah. different times in your life. You don't have to just choose one and stay in your lane. You can be no, so, so many things. Oh, <laughs> I wish we could keep talking forever. But thank you again, Tanya. Any, I mean, any, what do you want to promote? What do you want to shout out? Where can people find you? Oh, so people can find me, you know, outside of, I don't do real estate. <laughs> I'm a financial educator. And yeah. one of the things that's important for me is helping people understand like where they are in their financial journey, understanding their, their money persona and how they've related to money up until this point, because hesitancy plays a role in our financial journey, risk, um, risk tendency or risk tolerance plays a role in our financial journey. And so we developed this quiz called Your Money Persona. Um, it's yourmoneypersona.com. And you can go to find out where you are in your financial journey. So I, I highly recommend people just kind of take their temperature and see where they are and see where the areas for improvement are. We give you tips to improve where you are and set goals to help you get to the next level based on what your survey response is. So yourmoneypersona.com. Um, it'll also have ways for you to connect with me at myfabfinance. And um, when you go to myfabfinance, my personal Instagram is actually in the handle. And so if you want to find like, I don't talk about real estate much on MyFab Finance, even though I'm about to do a reel on it. But if you're interested in the person behind the brand MyFab Finance, you can find me at Tanya.Rapley. I'm always interested in what Tanya's up to, what she's wearing, how cute her son is. What's your son's name again? Karis. Karis. Okay. Well, that's just like your husband's name, Kavaris. Kamar. No, Kamari. Kamari. Oh, girl. <laughs> Sorry. Kamari. Okay. His name is Kamari. And yeah, my son's name is Karis. And so Karis. that that's my joy. No matter what I accomplish, like he is my greatest accomplishment up until this point. He's he's yeah. such an amazing little human. Everything I do with this business is just like the time freedom to spend time and to bring joy to that time I get to spend with him. I'm like, this is everything. So yeah, thanks for being an example of that. All right, everybody check out yourmoneypersona.com. I love me a quiz. So I might go right there and take my quiz right now. Yourmoneypersona.com. Follow Tanya on Instagram at myfabfinance and find her anywhere at Tanya Rapoli. Um, Also on social media. Thanks, pal. Thanks Thank for coming you, on the show. Phil and Tiffany's seat while she's out. So take care. And for the rest of y'all, BA fam, you know where to find us. Brandambitionpodcast.com. 
hit us up on IG, Brown Ambition Podcast, and we'll see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.